0: Welcome to episode 21 of the Feed Your Soul with Kim podcast. Today we talk about the Four Agreements, which is based on a book of the same name by Don Miguel Ruiz. You'll hear many of the wonderful takeaways from this book and we'll break it down into understandable chunks. You'll learn what the Four Agreements are and why they're important and see how making a different agreement with yourself can be the step to peace in your life. Because remember, peace in your life leads to peace with food. Let's get started. Well, hello. This is the Feed Your Soul with Kim podcast, and I'm Kim McLaughlin, your host. I'm a licensed psychotherapist, inspirational coach, speaker, and best selling author. I help people feed their soul by putting food in its proper place as nourishment and helping them develop more functional ways to nurture themselves. Today I decided for our podcast I would introduce you to one of my favorite books. It's called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I've read it actually quite a few times and I've been in book studies where we've talked about the book and how we can utilize the principles in our life. I find that it's a super important book that really puts together a lot of great ideas that I think we should use every day. Interestingly enough, I work with a lot of couples in my psychotherapy practice, and these are a lot of the ideas that I use in my couples therapy with them. It really is a great way to increase communication with somebody you're in partnership with, other people that you're talking to, anybody you're in relationship with, these four agreements really come in handy. Don Miguel Ruiz introduces the idea of the four agreements as a way that we can make ourselves live a happier and really more peaceful life. What I think is interesting is that the ideas are simple, but they're just not easy. You'll get with each of the agreements that, oh, they make a lot of sense, but when you actually put it into... Practice, it can be kind of difficult because it can really ask you to engage in life in a different way. So, I'm going to go through each of the agreements and give you some ideas about how I see they could work in your lives and how they might provide peace in your life and also peace around food. So, the first agreement is be impeccable with your word. What he talks about is your word is your commitment to yourself about what you think is right, how you're really supposed to be really about being honest with yourself and honest with other people. I had to look up the word impeccable because I thought I knew what the what the definition was, but I really wanted to get an idea from the dictionary. And I found that impeccable means free from fault or blame flawless in accordance with the highest standards of propriety In other words, are you true to your word? And I think this is the time to start asking ourselves, are we impeccable with our words? And I have to think about that because it's really about being honest and truthful and holding a high standard about what I say to others and what I say to myself. If I'm honest, I'm not always up to that standard of being impeccable with my word. What's interesting to me is that It's actually not just about my words to others, what do I say to people, but it's also about what I say to myself. And am I holding myself to that high standard? The other thing I think about when I think about being impeccable with your word is, are you engaging in gossip? Don Miguel Ruiz says, gossiping becoming the main form of communication in society. It's become a way we feel close to each other because it makes us feel better to see someone else feel as badly as we do. I thought that was an interesting quote from him because we often do engage in gossip, me included. I I don't think any one of us don't do that. But that's really not being impeccable with our word. And it strikes me as a nice starting spot to consider if I'm being peccable with my word. So if you're not, if you're like me and you're not a 100% impeccable with your word, how can you start becoming more impeccable? And that made me think about a lot of the things I do with my clients in psychotherapy. I work with a lot of couples and there's often really huge communication problems with them And I have to work a lot with them on communication. And one of the things I think of when I ask the question, how can you be more impeccable with your word? The first thing I think of is take time to listen. And that means when you're talking with somebody to really face them and listen truly to what they're saying. This involves no social media, no television. Just be there talking and listening Also have one person talk at a time. Don't interrupt. And if you think the person's done speaking, ask them about it. It's really this kind of back and forth communication that I think we've lost with this really quick society of let's get to the point, let's get down to the matter. But we don't take a lot of time to listen. Another way to be impeccable with your word is to pause before you speak. Ask somebody else when they're talking, are you done? And Even then, take a few deep breaths before you say something. What happens is we often get into a focus of what I need to say. What's my next next response? And often, how am I going to defend myself? When we're in that mode, we're not being impeccable with our word. We're really being reactive and over-responsive. But when we pause before we speak, we can end up being more impeccable in what we say. Another way to be impeccable is to repeat what's been said to you. This is one of the game changers in communication. It's the idea of when somebody says something to you, repeat it back to them. And I'll say things like, I think I heard you say, and then I'll say what I thought I heard them say, and then I'll say, am I right? And then they can respond whether I've actually heard exactly what they've been saying, It's one of the best communication skills I know of because you're never going to be off track if you've totally been able to listen to what they've said. When you've heard exactly what they've said, you then can be impeccable in terms of your response back to them because it's not based on a misunderstanding about what they have meant by what they said. Another way to be impeccable is to talk slowly and to really keep your voice at a, what they call it, inside voice level, where it's really a conversation. And talk slowly where somebody can hear the words of what you're saying. We can get into this very quick-paced, loud kind of yelling with each other that really is quite ineffective. I have neighbors nearby that I can hear when they're arguing, they're yelling and cussing at each other, and I think how ineffective that communication is, and they're not being impeccable with their word because it's very loud, very angry and very fast, very rapid kind of conversation. So they're really not able to check in with themselves and state what is really going on for them and what they need from each other. Another way to be impeccable is to own your feelings. State exactly how you're feeling and what's going on for you. I like it to be a three-word statement. I feel blank say what it is that you're feeling. It's a a way to own your word and have it be truthful and honest because nobody gets to judge how you feel. And it's a way of being truthful with what's going on for you. The second agreement is don't take anything personally. As I thought about this second agreement, I thought, wouldn't it be nice if we lived in a world where people didn't take things personally? It's often what gets us off track is when we hear something that somebody says, we take it personally and then become offended or have an offensive kind of response back. It becomes a negative kind of communication when we take what others say personally because we're then defending ourselves and getting to really this back and forth negative conversation. In the couples therapy that I do with people, I think of it as when two people are talking to each other, there's this filter between each of them, and as one talks to the other, it goes through that other person's filter, and then they hear it in a way that can often be taken as judgmental or personal. And we, when we're doing that back and forth to each other, it becomes... A communication that becomes really negative and it feels like a personal assault. Don Miguel Ruiz says, Nothing other people do is because of you. It's because of themselves. All people live in their own dream, in their own mind. They are in a completely different world from the one we live in. When we take something personally, we make the assumption that they know what is in our world and we try to impose our world on their world. So no matter what somebody says, if it feels insulting to you, it's really about them and it's not about you. And I know that's hard to do. This is where these four agreements are simple. They're just not easy because we can hear something and be convinced that the other person is out to get us, that they're being negative towards us. But I want you to consider that what they're saying when it sounds insulting, it's really about them, not about you. Don Miguel Ruiz talks about a situation when somebody calls you names. Like, what if somebody called you fat? What happens is we generally take that personally and think it's all about us and might even agree that what they say is correct. But really, what's happening is, is they're sending this negativity towards you and you get to decide whether you take it in or not. You get to decide whether you take it in or not. You're going to Decide whether you allow it to be part of your being or not. I like the old quote that says, What you think of me is none of my business. And really, it works that way. It's none of my business what you think about me. When I hear things and I take it negatively, it really affects my day. I feel angry at myself. I feel angry at them. I want to get back at them. And what Domingo Ruiz says, is we take in their poison. So think of that. When somebody says something negative to you, it's really a poison that you're taking in. And you get to decide whether you take that poison in or not. It's, once again, easier said than done not to take that poison in. So how do you stop taking things personally? First, don't hear it as negative. Don't take that negativity in. Really know that the other person is saying something about them, not about you. And that takes a lot of thought to start thinking, I'm feeling attacked. I'm feeling insulted. But then to really say, but this is all about them. It's not about me. And I get to decide at this moment if I take this in or not. Another way to not take it personally is to not worry about what other people think. Once again, it's easier said than done, but this is the part of developing more self-esteem and self-love by focusing on what you think about yourself. If I'm more concerned about what I think about myself and how I'm seeing myself, it's not going to matter as much what other people think about me. Another thing you can do is let go of what other people think about you. It's that idea of I release these thoughts of what I think they're saying about me. Letting go of what other people think about you can be one of the greatest strategies you can have to feeling better about yourself. And that letting go can be things like journaling or positive affirmations as a way to let it go. I like journaling the things that get stuck in my head. I've talked about this before on other podcasts is really having this journal where I write down basically all the crap in my head and sometimes the things that are in my head are based on what I've heard other people say. And I like to just do that brain dump and get all of it out so that I don't keep it inside of myself. Lastly, another way to stop taking things personally is to not jump to conclusions and think somebody's saying something negative about you. Once again, that's that filter of when somebody speaks and you hear it coming in, you might hear it differently than what they meant it. And I am liking to assume that people mean goodness, that they're not meaning to be negative, that it might be just my misinterpretation of what they said. And I choose to see what people say as being positive rather than negative. If something is negative, like they're calling me names, then I think, well, this is all about them. It really has nothing to do with me. The third agreement is don't make assumptions. An assumption really is something that you've accepted as true or is certain to happen, really without proof. We're just assuming that it's so. And Don Miguel Ruiz says, we have the tendencies to make assumptions about everything. The problem with making assumptions is that we believe they're true. One way to stop making assumptions is to start being careful about what's really being said and ask for clarification from others. By clarifying really what they're saying, you can see whether you want to really accept it in as true for you or not. When we make an assumption about what others are saying, it always ends up being negative. I find we tend to not assume that it's a positive statement. We tend to assume that it's negative. And then when we assume it's negative, we get angry. And then we have these hurtful conversations back and forth. What you can do when you're making the assumption about what they're saying is you can ask for clarification. I like to use clarifying questions. As we said a little earlier, repeat what you thought they said and ask if you're correct. Respond to what's being said after the clarification rather than reacting to what you thought they said choose to see the communication as positive rather than negative. So you might ask, well, what if they do say something that's negative? And you ask for clarification and it is something, they are calling you a name. I think what comes after that for me is saying, I'm not going to stand here and listen to that. And really setting that boundary around what I will allow people to say. If I make an assumption that it's negative, I ask for a clarifying statement about what they said, and it actually is something negative, then I choose to walk away and not talk with them. And I've said that plenty of times before. I'm not going to stand and listen to this. I'm going to leave now. I'm not going to listen to this negativity. And that really is a way to begin to have clarity in the conversation, set boundaries, and show really your self-love and self-worth in these communications. Hi everyone, this is Kim and my book is out, Feed Your Soul, Nourish Your Life, A Six-Step System to Peace with Food is live. I recommend you get it. It has all my six components of feeding your soul as well as my own story. Pick it up now. You can find it on my website at feedyoursoulunlimited.com. Thanks. The fourth agreement is always do your best. That's a great one, isn't it? And what Don Miguel Ruiz says is, under any circumstance, always do your best. No more, no less. But keep in mind that your best is never going to be the same from one moment to the next. He says everything is alive and changing all the time. So your best will sometimes be high quality, and at other times, it won't be as good. And that makes me think about... Doing your best is not about perfectionism because when we think that if we're only doing our best when we're perfect, then we're never going to reach that mark. We're never going to even put ourselves out there because we can't reach perfection. When we're trying to be perfect, there's really this level of us trying too hard. And when we're trying hard, we're not doing our best. I think perfectionism can leave you stuck and running around in a circle than just engaging in the simple act of asking yourself, what is my best at this point in time? When you come from your best, that is all that's asked. It's not about being perfect. I think doing your best really comes from your heart, coming from that wholeheartedness of who you want to be with others. As I was thinking about this idea of doing your best and having this wholehearted conversation I remember there's a couple I knew a long time ago that had this um, heart that is velvet. And what they would do is they would use this velvet heart, which was a little pillow. And whoever had the velvet pillow heart would be the one speaking. And it would remind them to speak from their heart. When they were done with whatever they had to say, they'd hand the heart over to their partner So that partner could come from a place of wholeheartedness when they talked. To me, this really helped them speak from this place of positivity. Doing your best is not about suffering and it's not about negativity. It's really about being wholehearted in that activity. It should bring you happiness and joy and pleasure and peace. If it's not, then you're not coming from that wholehearted place Of doing your best. I think when we live from these four agreements, we're living out our birthright of being peaceful and happy. When we come from that place of being impeccable with our word, when we don't take things personally, when we don't make assumptions, and when we always do our best, we are living in a way that provides peace. And this is the part that helps us in our communication with others and our communication with ourselves because all of these things can also be with how we communicate with ourselves and how negative we are with ourselves. As in every podcast, we talk about having a doable. And this week, I think we can have a doable related to the four agreements. In looking at the four agreements, notice how you're having conversations with others. How are you having conversations with yourself Or with others? And what is it you're telling yourself? Are you being impeccable with your word? Are you being impeccable with your word to yourself? Or are you being impeccable with your word to other people? I encourage you to use some of the tools we've been talking about. About being impeccable. In order to start living this way. That is in this unity of how you feel on the inside, and how you're living on the outside. You might want to choose some of the tools that we were talking about, such as choose your words, speak slowly, speak from your heart, pause before you speak. These are all really great communication tools that will never fail you. They will always get you going in the direction of having peace in your life, period. I hope you engage with these four agreements and make them work for you. I encourage you to read the book. It's a great read, and it's quite life-changing. Thank you for being on this podcast with me. I look forward to speaking with you next week. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review because we want other people to get introduced to this podcast. Thank you all, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Feed Your Soul with Kim podcast. We come to you every Monday with fresh new ideas to help you end emotional eating and put food in its proper place as nourishment. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and review it and let us know what you think. Thank you for joining us.